You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you, the proud face said that I must eat this pie? This podcast is brought to you by Hooked on Dothraki. And when you're done with these three easy workbooks complete with interactive CD-ROM, you'll be able to understand that. Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 46, The Art of David J. Peterson, Talking to Fire and Lunch. I'm Rachel. I'm Jenny. I'm Lauren. I'm Katie. And I'm David J. Peterson. Welcome. Thank you for talking to us because we are idiots. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I, I wasn't going to say that I was a special guest. I mean, it seems a little odd. Somebody else is supposed to say that you're a special guest. I, I guess I just say that I'm a guest. You know? You're always special do we, to us. Do we want to do that over? Or are we good? No. All right, all right. No, I'm good. All right, we're leaving it. We're leaving it. All right. We're going to have a long outro. <laughs> so we met you, I guess, nine, ten months ago. When when was October? No, it couldn't have been that <laughs> it's long. Not that long ago, <laughs> three I mean, March. It was just the previous October, right? It was like, like four what, months ago, six months, six ago? months ago. Is it March? Is it March? It's, it's five March. months ago. March. Five months March. ago. March, February, January, December, November. Yeah, I guess it was about six months. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Let's change that. It was six months to the day. (laughs) There we go. That sounds six months uh, to the day. That sounds that makes that makes it sound special that we're recording the podcast. You know, right now. It's our six month anniversary, you guys. Yeah, we started at the exact minute that I met you all. There you go. (laughs) Shall we recreate that moment? There's no one here in costume. What do we do? David, do you have a bucket head? We need a bucket hat for you. Oh, God. It doesn't work without the bucket hat. That was so hot. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, I really appreciate you wearing it because I carted that thing across the city for... I I did it for you, Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So you endowed him with magical powers to put up with us for a whole night. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to judge a costume contest and come up with like kind of like the world's shadiest best spelling bee ever. That was incredible <laughs> it was no, i had that fun was with amazing. that i mean that was like yeah. two programs crammed into one like 15 minutes <laughs> yeah, it was, we pulled it was it off a, it was pretty good it was also an amazing uh uh costume contest because I, I i actually do want to talk about this very briefly um, for, for those that weren't there, we had a, a Game of Thrones costume contest, but those in attendance weren't aware, necessarily, that it was a Game of Thrones costume contest. <laughs> they thought it was a costume contest. <laughs> so there were, there were people who were up there, uh, obviously dressed as other things. Uh, one of those people was dressed up as one of uh, Kuvira's soldiers yes. from The Legend of Korra. And I thought, oh, this was really, really cool. And so I asked him, I can't even remember what the question was, though. I asked him some specific question 
about Legend of Korra, and it was very clear, like, I had put him on the spot, like, he had never heard of the show before. <laughs> had, had, never wa- had never watched it, and was now, was like, oh, shit, somebody caught me. But it's like, he, he put so much effort into that costume. I mean, it looks so good, so spot on. I mean, I, I just assumed. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was, a, that was a little bit of an awkward moment. Um, I think we kind of rescued it, but I don't remember how. <laughs> well, thankfully, we had that fantastic Sansa, so we had no, we had no we had someone to give yeah. the prize to. Oh yeah, yeah. No, all but, the people in that costume contest rolled with it. Just you know, they just that was dynamite. They were mm. good. Um, yeah, I I actually like the fact that instead of being nice to people with the spelling, we you guys made them spell like the world's hardest words yeah that one girl was doing really good with it though i was like man she's yeah, me. what yeah. do i do i can't stop her <laughs> i can't stop no her. you know it was amazing though like you could tell i could tell when i saw her that she came to this thing and you know how sometimes if you like go to a concert you you dream like oh you know the the band's gonna be on stage like wait a minute we need a fan to come up on stage <laughs> you down in row triple z come up and you knew that she came to this thing thinking Gosh, wouldn't it be so cool if there was somehow an impromptu spelling bee? Since that's what I've studied my whole life for. And she was like, like it was my just time for her. has come. Yeah. My time has come and she nailed it. It was amazing. She did I don't did she I don't think she ended up making it, unfortunately, to the if end. If we're talking if we're talking about the same person, did yeah, not, no, she, she won. win? Yeah, she won. She won. did win. Oh, it was the same oh okay. I'm thinking of somebody yeah. else who also was excellent. Never trust Katie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> My memory is shit. Like, really, don't. <laughs> so, yeah, then what? There was a dinner, and we all went off into the rain. Oh, that's yeah, we right. we did. We did. Did I, did I tell you about what I did that night? Because, no. um, no. you know, I, I'm, from, I'm from California, of course, and this was the East Coast. So I left a little bit early. You know, they, they started dancing with, um, with uh, Christian Nairn DJing, and that really seems like something for younger folk so I just kind of made my exit and so it was around midnight and I was walking back to my hotel uh, along uh, 48th street and I passed a restaurant a pizza place that was open because why wouldn't a pizza place be open and still accepting customers at midnight? Yeah, it's New York. Um, it's, it's New York, bro. And so <laughs> I go in there and sure enough it's the seventh inning of the first playoff game between the Dodgers and the Mets. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm going to be sitting in, in, a, in a pizza place in New York watching the playoff game. And, uh, and I did. Um, and the game was tied when I went into the restaurant. And that was when things really fell apart. So, um, it's your fault. So that yeah. was your fault, yeah. So I, I enjoyed really delicious pizza and got to sit in a restaurant with a bunch of New Yorkers cheering as the Mets beat my Dodgers. Aww. Aww. That was kind of like they used to be ours first. <laughs> it's good Just pizza, remember my borough, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, just I don't think we've actually said it. So, this was all, all took place during Comic Con uh, last year, New right. York Comic Con, at the Hard Rock Cafe uh, where we opened for a. Oh, Ooh, somebody tell me the name of their podcast. A Night of Ice and Fire. Thank you. Yeah. Well, the, no, the <laughs> night was called A Night of Ice and Fire. We were on before Game of Owns. Yeah. Right. It was the Game of Owns mm. podcast with Christian Nairn and Finn Jones and Keisha Castle Hughes and the 
big opener was Mr. David J. Peterson. <laughs> he did a lovely lecture. And right before him, we came on and we did our two costume contests, Spelling Bee. And it was, it was a fun time. It was a good night. Yeah. yeah. Good night. Yes. By the way, that was just a weird thing that I was giving, getting up and, and, you know, giving one of my little lectures that I do at like fan conventions or linguistics conferences. <laughs> I did not think anybody would be into it at all. Uh, but Zach said, no, 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 it'll be great. I think it'll be, it'd be good. And I just didn't believe him at all. But it did seem to come off well. Yeah, I was it, did. it did. There was a lot like, of people. People were interested. I, I was shocked. Um, <laughs> I met someone the next day um, waiting in line for an event. And she was like, oh, I really, I went to this thing last night. It was really like well put together. And I really liked the entertainment. And she starts describing it. And I was like, oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> Yeah, that was us. It was awesome because, yeah. of course, all of that was planned seven, eight months in advance. <laughs> <a minute>. um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't writing down words for a spelling bee like five minutes before at all. It's like fandom power, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's... A- where there's an antler bucket, there's a way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that was our first day meeting David. And then there was, we met again, right? Yeah. Yes, we did. We uh, had dinner again. Yeah. Be, because I was, uh, of all things, uh, brought up for, for the Daily Show. Um, Yay! And I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the longer, ver- the somewhat longer version of this. Uh, I, uh, my wife, Erin, and I had our first child on December 4th um, last year. So uh, ordinarily, I do a lot of travel, uh, but I said, all right, we're gonna, I'm just not going to go anywhere until March when I had a trip to Poland so that I can stay home and help with the baby. And so December 21st, I get a call from my publicist, and uh, my wife is overhearing this conversation. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, you know, so she's just hearing one side of this going, oh, wow, when is it? How long would I be gone for? And my wife is just rolling her eyes like, oh, my God, what is he doing? <laughs> and there's there's pretty much like a list of like two things that I could have left home to go do uh, in her book. One of them, though, was The Daily Show. So it was like she's she like, all right, you got lucky <laughs> this time. And so and so, yeah, so that was still really kind of bizarre and weird that because uh, they uh, my publicist was initially initially telling me that they were going to pitch me for the daily show and the colbert report back when both of those were still things that is the daily show with john stewart uh last march and then i never heard from them again about it and so i said well okay i mean it's pretty unrealistic to begin with um and then suddenly december 21st saying okay we've booked you and it's like two weeks from now can you do it i'm like all right <laughs> um anyway so yeah so i went i did that it was really cool but uh afterwards i i needed to, you know i wanted to unwind and celebrate <laughs> and there was nobody better that i could think of obviously uh, nobody you wanted to share funeral stories with <laughs> <Nobody>. <laughs> that was that was an interesting you wanted to unwind and celebrate and you ended up talking about our weird child <laughs> yeah well, you know, it's it's Good just times. one of those things where it's like you wake up in the morning and you kind of have a vague idea. You know, sometimes it'd be like, oh, I kind of feel like I want to eat ice cream or I want to eat pasta today. And I was thinking like, man, I just really want to hear about some weird ass funeral stories. <laughs> I, want, I want to hear about people vacuuming up their aunt with a dustbuster. <laughs> so 
I mean, you guys probably didn't notice, but I, I really subtly steered the conversation that way. So it, was, <laughs> it was my doing. Success. That's a real Nietzsche conversation. That was really good. We, we all appreciated it later. So beyond that, beyond yes. talking to us about dumb crap, <laughs> entertaining as that is, I think we really want to know for our listeners, you know, what what's it like kind of being a conlanger? Um, I know that a lot of us have read your book, and so I think we should start with Game of Thrones. You know, what what's it like working on Game of Thrones now that it's kind of the biggest show in the world? Uh, is it old hat still? Are you doing everything through email? or? Yeah. Well, I'll, I will start out by saying this, uh, especially now that I've, I've worked on a bunch of different television shows. And so I, I've, I've got a little bit better idea how things are like. Um, Game of Thrones is so strange in that it just, at least from my perspective, absolutely works like clockwork. I mean, I'm sure when it comes to other aspects of the show, when they're breaking stories on their own or, or doing stuff on set, it's different. But, uh, but man, it's just like I know that what, what happens is, um, you know, around now they finish up on the post-production for a season. The season starts uh, airing. And, you know, I'm sure Dave and Dan take a day off. But it seems like the very next day after the premiere they start working on the next season if they haven't done so already. And then, you know, by June, July, it seems like they have every single script written. And it's around mid-July that I get everything that I need to translate for a season. Um, I mean, everything. And so I just take a couple of weeks, start from the beginning, uh, usually starting where they say they, they want you know stuff the soonest, and just start translating two, three weeks, it's done, and then I send it off. But um, even saying uh, the stuff that they want the soonest, though, it's usually still with a couple months off before they ever start filming. Um, which for the actors has just got to be tremendous. I mean, especially for those that haven't worked on other TV shows, they have no idea what it's like. <laughs> I mean, literally sometimes these guys, like for the other shows I'm on, they're getting dialogue like the day of, the day before. Um, oh, God. You know, if they're lucky a week before and that's just routine, um, they have months to get their dialogue right for, for Game of Thrones. I mean, they're still pickup lines here and there, but um, it's actually very minimal uh, compared to working on other shows. It seems like they just kind of get everything written, are pretty satisfied with it, and then uh, and then they just go with it. So you make it, it as hard as possible since they have so much time to practice? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Throw in an extra 10 consonants? I don't even, look, I don't even need to do anything to make it harder because like <laughs> i swear like looking at this looking at this stuff i don't know how they do that um <laughs> especially i mean especially this season just um the sheer amount of dialogue uh and the sheer amount of uninterrupted dialogue i just don't understand how they do it um they've got your face on some kind of like dartboard i'm sure <laughs> I, I bet they do <laughs> I mean, but it's just like, I mean, you, I mean, you can, when you're reading these scenes and you see all the blocking and stuff and you just look at, you know, these just lines, just lines, 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 and like nothing's happening. Nobody's moving. Right. And you see like the earliest possible break is like a couple of pages later. And you're just thinking that 
they're going to have to do that all in one go. And they're not going to get they're not going to get it right every time. They're probably going to be stopping a bunch of times. And this just has to be hell on earth. It's got to be a nightmare. I don't I don't envy them at all. I I can't I can't even record it in one go. (laughs) Well, do they ever, you know, contact you and you're like, look, somebody's having a really hard time with this particular bit of this. Is there something else that can be said? Can we make any edits to it? Do you have to look at their accents and do corrections? Like, how does this work with you while they're in production? I okay that definitely has happened to me on shows but it's never happened on Game of Thrones. Really? I think wow. no. And I think that's I think part of it is just uh, the reputation and prestige associated with it especially now. Um I mean with the with the new actors, I mean they know I mean, they know everything about the show and what's going on. They know what the deal is with the languages. So they don't, you know, they don't want to be the person that holds things up. <laughs> um, there has, there have been certain times there, there's like one time this was, gosh, was this season three or season four? No, it couldn't have been season three. This must've been season four where um, we had an actress whose name I forget. She was in, uh, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. You know what I'm talking about? Who's Megan when you need her? <laughs> uh, she was a Japanese actress and she played um, she played a red priestess. Uh, yeah. She was in Arrow. What's her name? <laughs> Ryla Fukushima. Yeah, that's it. What was the first name? Yeah. Ryla? Rilla? I don't know how to say it. R-I-L-A. Oh, Rila. And then it was Fukushi- Fukushima? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes, her. So what they said was uh, ahead of time that they had a, a Japanese actress for that role, um, but they didn't know who it was going to be, and they weren't sure how strong they were going to be in English. So, um, like uh, for for all that Valerian that I translated, I also did a kind of um, I, I did it in in uh, katakana as well. So I I transcribed it in katakana ahead of time. Um, because they didn't know if, uh, you know, if that would have been, if that was going to be more useful or not. Um, aren't they lucky to have you? (laughs) It's, it's pretty good. Cause like I, I was able to, uh, it's, there's a thing online that'll just do it for you if you put it in the proper Romaji. So all I had to do was just, uh, you know, take the, the Valyrian and, and Romaji it, which is not too difficult. Then I could run it through that and put in the Katakana. So that wasn't too bad, but, um, as I recall, what that's is Romaji? Uh, Romaji is just a uh, a way to write Japanese using the Roman alphabet, uh, a regular way of doing okay, it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the most prep we've done. But even then, that was anticipating. Um, it wasn't in response to an actor having difficulty. And it's it's my understanding that she didn't have any problems at all anyway. So it was unnecessary. But but yeah, so like um, this is a super long answer to this. But yeah, I have definitely had to do that. For, for shows where actors have been having uh, trouble, but I've never had to do it for Game of Thrones. I'm so imp- there's so much dialogue, like you said, in these languages. So I'm, that just impresses the hell out of yeah, me. Yeah, and this season, by the way, more than ever, uh, it did 190 lines, all told. Oh wow! So what does it look like when you get the? Do you get a script, or are you just getting the passages that they need translated? Uh, I get partials. So um, okay. Yeah, you know, it, so but you it's get just. Yeah, so it, but it is in you know just the script format, um, 
it's my understanding that now a lot of the actors are getting partials too. I think it's going to become more and more the case that they're um, going to be uh, keeping things, uh, you know, keeping things to themselves and not showing anything unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, I got I got one scene like that this time where they didn't say what the character was um, or what the scene was or what the episode was. Um, and I figured that was for something secret. So, you know, this is why everyone still thinks Jon Snow is dead. Huh? I don't know. I, I, I literally don't know anything about that. <laughs> nice try, Jay. Yeah. I'm just sitting up. Yeah. No, but I'm serious though. They're they're really uh, they're really honored about about leaks now. That's why they're not sharing any of the episodes ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So like they they made sure that uh, you only knew about the stuff that you were working on. I mean, at this point, they don't really need the press. <laughs> like, usually you're sending out yeah. the episodes because you want to get some, like, buzz going. It's like, no, no, all the buzz is there. You're yeah, good. And all, yeah, and also, like, it wasn't as big a deal before because it was just in the books. People are like, ooh, spoilers. And it's like, the goddamn book is right there. Um, <laughs> right. But, it's been know. out for at least five years. Give me a Yeah, break. but now, of course, you know, that they're, uh, they're ahead of the game, then it's, you know, now, now it's, it's on just, them again. The theories are on all the message boards right there. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now we're, we're all theories. unsullied now God. well that's all we're going to care about now right is whether the theories get get confirmed or not so get who gets yeah. i want to know who gets the gold star for pronunciation in in dothraki and high valyrian like who's who's doing the good work okay so dothraki um uh one of my favorites was amrita acharya who was really really good she played eerie uh and you know yeah, if this if this world were equitable, she would still be on the show. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's still alive in the books, uh, at least as far as book five goes. It's it's just a she bummer. will be the character that George is talking about, right? The one that's going to do stuff. <laughs> uh, she had um, yeah, in the books she has kind of a thing with Grey Worm gone. Mm-hmm. Yes, she does. Yeah, and they kind of uh, took that storyline and, and gave it to uh, to to Miss Sandy. Yeah, who is only a child in the books. right? I think she's eight think or she's, something. Yeah, eight or nine. Yeah. Or something like that. I'm glad that Look. I'm glad that she had like good pronunciation, according to you, because she was teaching Daenerys how to how to say things. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, so she was she was great. I, 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 um, I, her performance is near and dear to my heart. Uh, and also, just a comment: everybody in the show is either older or younger than they're supposed to be in the books. Nobody is their right age. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It is except true. for like Master uh, Master Aemon, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, <laughs> he really is a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in fantasy, everyone's always like fourteen or like a thousand, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> There are I'm no... just glad somebody finally died a natural death on the show. Yeah, there's no like 50 year old hero. Like, <laughs> very rarely happens. Uh, the old bear. Is he on? Yeah, he was. He's not on anymore. But he was like 60. That that's about as close to middle age as you're gonna get. I don't remember him. What 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 season was he on? Uh, <laughs> the first two the, seasons. The, he was the, the Lord first Commander. commander. Yeah. It was a what? Oh oh, I'm sorry. The, the oh, Lord... of course. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Any northern references, just to see, Sorry. <laughs> assume it's like at the wall or something. No, no, no. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard of this uh, Game of Thorns y'all are talking about. 
So yeah, uh, she she was really she's really great. Uh, and by the way, as far as I know, she still has all her lines memorized. Like I met her, of all of all places, I met her in uh, in a bar in downtown Santa Ana, um, a couple of years after her character was dead, um, and she brought cupcakes. No, because Aww. because it was it was a friend. Not for me. It was a friend's bar. She she did save me one because I was late, but it was a friend's bar. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, she still had uh, her lines down cold at that point. She That's didn't so know proud. what they meant, but <laughs> she, didn't know what she they still meant, had them. She could say them. <laughs> yeah, it was really impressive. So. Um, awesome. So that's for for Dothraki. Though I will say what I've heard because I haven't heard anything beyond that when they did those three houses teasers. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything but that. But that guy who was doing the Dothraki there was really good. I was super impressed. So I'm looking forward to hearing you know the rest of his stuff uh, when the, when the show starts. Um, I, I can't say who he is. I can just say it's a he. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's fluent in Dothraki um, and about that. So for so for High Valyrian, um, High Valyrian specifically, uh, I still think that uh, that uh, Amelia Clark does the best, and that's good. She was supposed to. I, I really like. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like the way she. I think does she's it. the only. Yeah, she's the only one who's done really like a significant amount. Yeah. Of High Valyrian. Yeah, we've seen a little bit. Like, we, like we've seen. Um, Oh my God! How have I forgotten her name? Uh, who who plays Carice Van Houten? Uh, mm-hmm. She did yeah. a little bit of, of High Valerian. It was interesting. She she did it with a Dutch accent, even though when she speaks English, she can do it without the Dutch accent. Um, so that was interesting. Um, <laughs> and then um, and then a couple of others. But yeah, no, Amelia Clark is the best for for Low Valerian. Of course, it's Jacob Anderson who still gets top marks for performance in all of the shows that I've worked on. Uh, by far, Jacob Anderson is amazing. And you should know exactly who I'm talking about when I say Jacob Anderson. Tell me you know who he plays. No. He is Grey Worm. Everybody should be chanting his name everywhere we go. He's, he's Raleigh Ritchie. Uh, I don't know if you know oh. this. He's, he started a, a music career, uh, and he goes, yeah, he goes under the name Raleigh Ritchie. I don't know why, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, he is head and shoulders above any other created language performer that I've ever worked with, or that I've ever seen. He's the best, um, just amazing. I love him. I love him to death, and I, I was finally able to connect with him on Twitter at least, so that he could accept. My my fondest appreciation for his amazingness because he's amazing. This this guy he keeps tweeting at me in a language I don't understand. (laughs) It's my day off. I don't need to read this now. (laughs) So I I do want to talk about the other shows that you're working on because I take great pride in the fact that the only one I've seen is Star Wars. And I keep trying to make her watch the 100. And I've watched all of it. Oh my god! I don't even think I've watched all of it, and I'm the one who watched it first. Are you serious? You've seen yes. all of Starcrossed. I've wow! Seen all of Starcrossed. I think I saw everything but the last like two episodes. But oh man, so that's that's. I don't even remember the show being. It wasn't no, on neither, very long. Neither does anybody else. 
I know. I'm terrible. I'm one of, everyone it? keeps telling me the hundred is great. I know I've got defiance has been on my list forever, but I'm one of those people that will just watch next generation like over and over again until over and over and I, over and over. I, and over I love, again, so. I love Star Trek, the next generation. You know, I just did a, a presentation on the, uh, on the Darmok episode. Oh, I was going to ask you, is Darmok your favorite next gen episode? Cause um, it feels like maybe it might be. Uh, no, not my favorite. It's definitely up there, but, um, but yeah, I I was uh, I I was I decided to because I hear so much uh, so many people talking about that episode that I just have no idea what they're talking about. So I thought, let's do this for real. Um, <laughs> so I I got a hold of the writer um, and I and I and I interviewed him and talked to him about it and then also you know threw in my own stuff about it. So I know pretty much everything there is to know about that episode at this point. <laughs> It's good stuff. And where where can I find this uh, this interview? <laughs> um, so it was a presentation, but I, I tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to put uh, I'm going to put up a master post on Tumblr at some point soon. I'm super busy, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to write everything up and say you know everything that there is to be said, including the fact yeah. that they're they're not they're not telepathic. Somebody's in a popular fan what? theory. No, no, they're not. No, they're not telepathic. Why would they, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And we will reblog. <laughs> we'll reblog the shit out of it. You'll get it. Yeah, from I'm looking us. forward to that. <laughs> yeah. So, man. Yeah. In fact, if you guys just want to do a separate Star Trek: The Next Generation podcast, <laughs> I, <laughs> Rachel is on it. I'm on it. That's me. Every day. I got thoughts <laughs> about it. I'll, I'll, I'll come. I will be on every episode I can, <laughs> and I will, you know, in order to do it, I'll, I'll get a chair. I'll get a chair and, you know, like, sit on it backwards the way that Riker does. Yes. I just did this at work the other day. I, like, pulled out a smaller chair. I was like, this is my chair because I can do the Riker in this chair. And everyone looked at me blankly. And I still did it. Oh, and then I can tell you all about how Mike, I embarrassed myself in front of Michael Dorn. Ooh. I do want to hear about that. Mm. <laughs> Everybody. Pay attention to the upcoming... Um, you know, yeah. Uh, the next time we have dinner, we'll do embarrassing ourselves be, in front of celebrities. We'll call it like the pie oh, with mint frosting or something. Yeah, start, we'll come up with a name. <laughs> um, Star Trek: The Next Gen or luncheon? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> ten, yeah. Ten forwards. I'm not sure that exists. But, um, so yeah. I've seen Starcrossed. What have you guys seen? Everyone else. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen Thor. I'd actually noticed the language in Thor: The Dark World, the uh, Elven languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching and just kind of. Watching the actors trying to pull it off, like, it was interesting. It was like everybody came from a different region of the, yeah. <laughs> this world of accents. But it was a cool. The the principles of language were really neat. I'm trying to watch it and see how it would relate to our language and all of that. And it was just well done. Well done. Applause to you. Thank you. What was what was it like working with Marvel? Oh yeah, no, I've I've done a few movies now. I've got ah okay. Yeah, I've got two coming out this year. Oh yeah. Can you share? I cannot. I cannot. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I bet uh, guessing people could guess well. Um, so <laughs> movies, like I, like I said, I've worked on like two or three, no, three or four now. And they're very similar and very strange. It's like very minimal contact. Uh, it, it seems like uh, every time I get a call from a movie, it's like somebody who's you know, who's just, you know, trying to get to me because, like, I'm the 17th thing on their list uh, that day, even though I've never heard anything before. And, like, you know, it's <laughs> it's usually just a minimal amount of stuff. 
a minimal amount of work. I send it off and then I never hear from anyone again. And then like, you know, it shows up on screen and I'm like, all right, well, it's <laughs> kind of right. <laughs> I mean, um, on, on the TV shows that I work on, it's like uh, 90% of the stuff comes across uh, correctly and well. On a, on a movie, um, again, you know, I have yet to see some of this stuff, but it's like eh, around 60, 70%. <laughs> yeah. But, That's better than I would expect, actually. Yeah, I don't without know. someone on set with them telling them how to say it. Yeah, and sometimes there are people on set they're messing with my stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's all right. There's a there's a special circle of hell for them. Yeah, they're just wrong forever. That's okay. yeah. So Jenny and I both watched the 100. Yes. Yeah. And I have to ask you this very important question. Sure. Are you a bell auction? Good lord, no. <laughs> no. I. Oh. I'm sorry. I just. Ne- You're breaking my heart, David. You're breaking my heart, man. I, I never even got it. Like, I mean, they they don't have zero chemistry. Uh, I'll, That's so. I'll no. say, but they they don't have a lot of chemistry. I don't know. I just don't. Um, I just don't get it. Um, like, uh, I definitely like both characters. And I want Bellamy to to be happy, aside from the garbage he's done this season. <laughs> um, Don't even get me started. I know, but um, but no, I just never got. I don't know. I, I never got why there should be a relationship between them. Um, it, it didn't seem. I don't know. It just doesn't seem crucial or or important or or, or interesting. Um, <laughs> so much to me. <laughs> Poor Lauren. Shit. Poor Lauren's heart is just breaking into little um, pieces. I mean, I would have, I honestly, I would have rather seen Bellamy be happy with this uh, Gina person that came out of nowhere. She was like a wet mop. <laughs> she was I unimportant. I didn't remember her name until she was dead. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't but, last uh, I was like, oh, whatever. But she was really good at cross-stitch. I mean, you don't know that because that got cut, but. Uh, <laughs> oh. I don't know. So, so yeah, Bellamy. Um, I'm uh, <laughs> all, all I care about, and the only thing that I care about in regards to Bellamy, I just want him. I just want him to get some sort of hat again, because it was <laughs> it was so magical seeing him in that goofy little hat in season two. It was. You seem very great. concerned with with headwear and hair, since you're very into Jasper's yeah. lack of hair that, lately. Oh God, I mean, just. <laughs> Jasper. You, you're talking about take a knife and stick it in my ribs and twist it around. <laughs> Jesus. It just looks like he came straight out of the insane asylum. It's, I mean, <laughs> He's okay. having a rough time this season. The hair is it a is. Symbol, symbol of that. It, it is a very appropriate look for his character development or, or uh, devolvement this yes, season. Britney Spears did but, it too. Yeah, yeah. That, you're right. You actually, shoot, you're right. I didn't even see the Britney parallel. <laughs> Okay. Now you can't unsee it. But now you know what this means. This means that Jasper's coming back bigger and better than ever. Um, (laughs) Is he getting a show in Vegas? He's going to start batting people out with an umbrella? Oh, his hair is just going to be wonderful again. I just know it. (laughs) I can just see it. Does that mean we'll get to see what Vegas looks like in this world? Yeah, like just like in Defiance. No, anytime you hear about Vegas, it's a a vain promise. Except in Dominion, I guess. But... um, what was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So listen, I, 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 I'll tell you why I really liked last night's episode 
And it's because we got to really get to what I think the core of this show is, which is Monty and Jasper. And you could see, you know, Raven with Jasper and saying, you know Monty better than anyone else because of course he does. <laughs> They're meant to be. They're meant to be. And he and he did it. He guessed a passcode. Just a random passcode. He guessed it because he knows Monty. And their their hair, it just belongs together. <laughs> Wow. Wait, wait, their hair belongs together? <laughs> their hairstyles together. So everything I know about the 100 has to do with the hair. Yeah. No, look. Because I'm obsessed with all the braiding. Listen. Yeah. So what about Murphy's hair? Who does his hair belong to? Oh, God. Okay, so anyway. Um... <laughs> so languages. So podcasts. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, you can hide your feelings and your body language. You can hide your feelings with the expressions on your face and the words that come out of your mouth. But your hair will always belie you. <laughs> you weren't a fan of Friday Night Lights, were you? Yeah, I never saw it. If you saw, oh because there's you there's a running it. joke with uh, Coach's hair. You can always tell how angry he was by the state of the hair. Why? <laughs> because right, it was always standing up when he would like rub it. Yes, it was, it was very like. How's Coach's hair today? Oh no, it's a serious episode. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, what was it? There, uh, there was a parallel I wanted to draw between Murphy. And some specific character in Game of Thrones. Who is this? I'm trying to think. Who's a character that you absolutely hate that you end up like liking and rooting for? Uh, the Hound. Wait, say it again. I said the Hound. Theon, uh, Jamie. Theon. Yeah. Okay, Theon maybe, but it's almost kind of like you're kind of sorry and scared for him. I, more the more the Hound. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, you know, Murphy was just the worst piece of shit at the beginning of that show. And now it's like every time he's on screen, I cheer because like, I, know, I know there's capers that are that are, you know, and, and, and witty banter that we're about to hear. <laughs> he's such a, a, a cynic. It's it's very charming. Well, before uh, Jaha went off the deep end of crazy, I loved their conversation. Oh, yeah. Good old Jaha in the sea. That's my Jaha needs to go find something else to do. That's that someone needs to dim those lights. That's my that's my uh that's my hashtag for him. Every time since he started going off his, on his crusade, my little hashtag is Jaha in the sea because I keep uh, <laughs> comparing him to uh Ahab. <laughs> it was it was really fun him and him and Murphy. I think they need to get back together. Um show needs to focus on on exactly what got it to where it is. That is Monty and Jasper Jaha and Murphy and everybody else. And I don't Bellamy know. And Clark, damn it. Well, hold on, hold on. You just said sh- nobody was ever David. Interested. Nobody was ever. You said show with like a capital S. Did I? That's how. Did you definitely? You said show needs to get back on. So clearly, this is the level of fandom <laughs> you're at right now. <laughs> so Rachel, Katie, you're gonna watch the show now because hair. Right? Yes, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be very like I'm gonna be trying to translate to make sure that there aren't any hidden messages, <laughs> in, in, like, signage or or the hair. Oh. Yeah, or the hair. Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting to see if the writers are gonna write back in a hat for for Bellamy just for me because if it happens, it's going to be Maybe just you for me. Maybe should mention that in your live tweets. I do all the time. Come on. <laughs> You, you hold great influence. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm, it's going to happen. You should happen. put it in like, 
put it in the language. Just be like, I just want a hat. Yeah. And tell them they're actually saying the line. Yeah. It's like, I just want a hat. I know. Gosh. And this is going to be so, uh, this is going to be so opaque to people who have not watched the show. But listen, you don't have to watch the whole thing. Just go to like halfway through season two. Start watching episodes where, uh, where this character Bellamy is inside Mount Weather. And just wait for him to dress up as a guard. Where he puts on his goofy little dumb hat. He looks like a little boy who's wearing something he's not supposed to be wearing or, or wearing daddy's clothes. is really charming. He is so fake. I don't understand how anybody who's been in this compound for a hundred years doesn't look at him and say, well, okay, obviously you're not a guard. Look at the way you're wearing that goofy hat. It's so silly. Um, but it just, it warmed my heart every time I saw it. But there's a crucial point where he loses the hat and never gets it back. You even get to see a shot of the hat. It's gone now. It's blown up. They blew it up. Damn it. Spoilers. Goodbye, <laughs> <laughs> hat. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. I'm tearing anyway. up. All right. So, talking about Game of Thrones here? <laughs> I was going to. While we're on the 100, I just want to ask you how many mm-hmm. uh, translation requests for tattoos you've gotten because i see them all the time on your tumblr and oh yeah is oh, there yeah, like a know. number at this point because it's it's a lot i've lost track you know uh, for for asks in general on my tumblr i'm i've uh i've gone over the three thousand mark oh wow. my god um there's no chance i'll ever be able to do them all um <laughs> i even delete duplicates now um if they're anonymous i do want to try to answer all of them but you know but yeah, so most uh, most of the questions now are, are tattoos for the 100. Um, but there have been tattoos for lots of shows. Um, a ton for Defiance. A lot for Defiance. Uh, and that's because of the writing systems, which, I mean, my God, I, that's what I love to do. And it seems like that's the thing where you can, you can get interested in a writing system without knowing anything about language. You can just like the way it looks. Yeah, I'm try to I try to convince other shows that I work on to let me do this, but eh, they don't. This is actually a good segue because that was the part of your book that I liked the most. <laughs> Yay! Uh, and I, you know, I would get kind of lost and be like, "I'm reading this, I don't understand." And then I got <laughs> to all the sections about creating fonts and you know, creating writing systems and how that works. And that I don't know, that was the part that I liked the most for sure. Oh, all um, right. And there was one part in the book, actually, that I wanted to ask you about, but it's mm -hmm. actually not one of your writing systems. Okay. But I'm going to go online and figure this out because it's it's just crazy looking. It's the Adrani's Satlai, maybe? Uh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, It's like um... a giant clock or a radio or something. I don't don't know how it works. (laughs) Yeah, so that guy is really interesting. His name is Tret Pearson. Um, I think it's pronounced Pearson, Um, but P-E-H-R-S-O-N. And if you just type in Idrani, I-D-R-A-N-I, you'll get to it. Okay. Um, But he's kind of interesting. He's created a language, but it's just like one language. And then he's created like dozens of writing systems for it. Some uh, using real-world writing systems, some that he's invented on his own. But he's just a really brilliant visual artist and also really gets um, orthography uh, in the sense, in the abstract sense. So, I mean, it's like, you know, most of the time I'm having to create more or less realistic orthographies, but you don't need to do that. 
you know, um, you can work with any set of tokens to encode information in a variety of ways. And he really stretches the boundaries more than anybody I've ever seen. Um, that was because uh, I asked him to include something, and that was what he chose to That's include. What he sent you? I um, looked at that and I was yeah. like, "No, no, I don't understand." Yeah, I'm looking uh, at yeah. it now, and I'm like, <laughs> "What is that?" No, I don't. I don't get it either. And honestly, I don't even think that's the wildest one he's done. Um, there, I mean, there are other ones where, like, you can you can see how it's how it's a translation of something, mm-hmm. but it's all it's almost like half art piece, half writing system type of thing. Yeah, it looks uh, like it should be color coded or moving or something. Yeah, to make sense. The one that of yours that makes me the most angry is the oh no, I'm not going to say this right. Indojisnin. Indojisnin, yeah. Okay, that makes me so angry because I cannot tell the difference between any of it. I spent I would spend like 20 minutes at a time on the train just kind of trying to figure out how some of the glyphs were different than others. Yeah, I, I mean, mad. I I can't read it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just figured it out. So it's just so torture. This, then you're just torturing people. It, well, this is the way that it worked. Uh, when you know, way back when, when we were first, uh, when there was just a pilot script of Defiance, and they were just talking about putting stuff together. Um, we were talking about all the the races and had all these ideas, or the aliens and, and different ideas for them. Uh, one of them was that like um, the Liberata were going to be all CGI. That <laughs> was a very <laughs> ambitious thing at the beginning. They had no idea how expensive it was going to be, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they went from all the Liberata being CGI to there being one Liberata costume that was always played by the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Nichols. She's she's killed dozens of times as many different characters. Um, but um, and then it became kind of a joke that there was like you know they were going to be one of those races where it was completely impossible to tell the difference between male and female just by looking at them. Um, and that was really just so that they could only have one mask. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but so initially they were saying they're going to be all CGI, but we want to make it easy to a- animate as possible. So we're not going to we're going to try to not move the lips. And so I said, all right. So I created a language um, or at least a language sketch for them that used only palatal sounds backwards and no um, no rounded vowels. And so that meant you could speak the entire language uh, just with your mouth open and without it ever moving. It's just your tongue that moves. So uh, is it kind of like I'm looking down the throat? Is that the idea? That I'm... <laughs> I don't understand this. Everyone what? go buy his book and look on page 209 and oh. angry with me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're t- so we're back to Indochine? Okay, yeah. no. Hang on, hang on. That was oh, okay. so, so that was that was my story for the Liberata. Oh, okay. For the Indigenes, for the Indigenes, they were there was a. I mean, the the basic idea was that they could genetically modify themselves so that they could have you know preternatural superhuman abilities, right? Mm-hmm. And like for the in the very first episode, there was going to be this scene where um, and, and the scene is still in there. It's just a, a little different uh, the way it runs, um, where. Um, uh, you know, uh, Arisa it takes like a knife to Doc Yule and is threatening her. And then Doc Yule turns on her in a very menacing fashion. And what they were going to say is that we were going to have like a like a kind of like a machine filter through her voice so that you know, she could like, you know, have like this really kind of robotic sounding voice. And then they're going to have all of these tentacles shoot out of her back, you know, holding all of these weapons because this is going to be the Indigene secret weapon. Well, of course, they're like, you know. 
I'm sure once they saw the price of what that was going to be, they said, okay, let's <laughs> They seem do overambitious on this show. Yeah. Um, but they uh, they kept the dialogue, and it was just, now she just turns to her and is, like, angry. Um, and to me, it still seems, like, really weird, because it's like, I was like, who buys this? Like, why <laughs> is there so much tension uh, and buildup for this scene where she just turns and is angry with her? Um, it, it, it's like, you needed the tentacles. Anyway, um, when I... <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many possibilities. But anyway, I'm going to use that from now on. When like a scene falls flat, I'm going to say it needed the tentacles. <laughs> it's the new that's, cowbell. But um, that's, yeah, yeah. So uh, more tentacles. So okay. So with the writing system, my idea was this: it was not going to be a naturally evolved writing system the way that the others were. This is going to be something that they created for themselves after they genetically modified themselves. So they could do things like reproduce a character and draw it exactly by hand the exact same way every single time. It would almost be like when they were writing by hand, it would be like a printer, you know? Mm -hmm. It would be exactly perfect like that. And they would design it in such a way that it would be a um, a clearly uh, a post hoc, uh, unnatural creation. It's a featural system. And, um, and then the hexagons uh, were there because initially it was going to be boxes with tentacles coming out. Um, and then I, then I changed it to a line where the tentacles were coming out, but it just didn't look very good. And so I thought, well, if, um, if we do interlocking pieces, then you could do things like you could create entire walls that are just like a sentence, um, like with concrete. You could do it for computer screens so that, you know, you could have some that, you know, were just, you know, nothing or blank and then every single one could be a letter or a number and it could all be very compact uh and and it can be read in any direction it can stack it can tile it can do all that bit so that was what i wanted to do with the writing system and that's why everything has those double hexes in it Mm -hmm. and it's also why for every single character there is always a connection between the outer hex and the inner hex not necessarily okay. within the inner hex, but at least between the outer and inner, so that if you wanted to produce a concrete wall, you could. There wouldn't be any floating pieces. All right? So, now, <laughs> for the writing system. First of all, the vowels on the inside, that should be easy to figure out, so you can ignore the inside. For the consonants, there is a little hat on top if the consonant is voiced. So like su versus za is the exact same character, except za has the little hat on top. On the bottom, there's a difference between whether it's a consonant or a vowel. It's kind of like a curvy thing versus a straight thing. that has a little cross piece down there. And then on the four sides of the inner hex, so one, two, uh, so one, two three, four, that's where the information for uh, the consonant is. It tells you what part of speech it is, that is, whether it's a stop, like T, whether it's a fricative, like S, or whether it's a nasal, like N, or something else. It tells you uh, whether it's um, uh, what, what place in the mouth it is, that is, if it's velar, alveolar, and so on and so forth. And... Um, one more piece of information is on there, I think. But it's like those two things combined tell you that. So um, that's so it's possible to read. It's just very, very difficult. And it's the <laughs> difference between like, you know, this and this and whatever the other one was. I don't know. Um, it, it's, it's not meant to be easy, but, you know, 
It's meant yeah, to, I feel to be the need accurate. for a, a, a genetic boost. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking it was, at it right now, and I'm very confused. Yeah, it was supposed to be the type of thing where a human being should not expect to pick it up and be able to read it off the bat. Because it would just be intolerable. No, no human would, would, would deal with that. I don't. That's why I can't read it. It's, you know... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's cool because there are parts in the in here where you're like, you know, if when you're when you're creating your language, you should think about like how they're making the language, what kind of tools they're using, like that. That's just also like that's the part that's interesting to me. It's like the anthropological part. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, everything else is kind of inexplicable, even though I read it all and would like sit on the train and try to make noises for the people next to me. <laughs> that's that's why I wrote the book so that, <laughs> so that you can embarrass be... people in public. Yes, exactly. I want I want people trying to do you know uh, to trying to 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 pronounce that word uh, la uh, like yes. that. No, that was me on the train. I'd be like putting my fingers on my throat. Like, is it vibrating in the right spot? And then people are like, "What's wrong with her?" So like... By the way, if you ever get a chance to listen to the audiobook, you know I did all that. Um, it was actually tough doing that one with the clap because we had to position the microphone in such a way that I was still loud enough, but that you could get the clap, but it didn't, you know, break everything. It's difficult. I really need the audio version of this. Well, we were talking about having to listen to the audiobook, so that's probably going to happen. And then we'll send you dumb questions. Maybe I'll understand it better if I, if I listen. <laughs> and you get to hear me read it in my, my super, super sexy voice because... <laughs> Kind of my thing. I just want to. Do you read out the phonetic alphabet for us? Because that's like step one. Yeah, uh, that was my biggest problem. Was I don't know what any of this stuff is supposed to sound like because I don't know what the phonetic alphabet is, and I can't find a good version of it. Well, I went online I, and I, found a computer that would say it for me, but that. Yeah. Yeah, I was I, doing I, that too. I read that's out every helpful. example. I read out every example, so that's that should oh, okay. help. Okay, that's helpful. Yeah, that would be very right. helpful. I was I was super bummed though, cause like uh, I I actually sang the, the Pearl Jam part, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> we can't do that. It's it's uh, you know copyright, copyright infringement. And so yeah. I had to try to say it, and it's probably the worst part of the book. <laughs> it sounds so robotic. Doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound like Pearl Jam. <laughs> that's what he that's what he's singing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good example. Jesus. You're a very funny writer, so I would definitely Thank had you. fun reading it. I take comedy very seriously. Even though it made me feel really stupid. <laughs> no. Come on, man. It's just like anything else. You just sit down and do it for a while, eventually you get it. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> I do want to go, like, I have this, like, I really want to go onto, like, a conlang website because I have questions mm -hmm. about how, like, are there conventions when you introduce your language to, you know, other people? Is there, is this, oh, there yeah. a specific, like, sh like, one sheet that you guys all put together and it's the same for everything? Yeah, there, there have been a lot of different um, uh, traditions therein. First of all, the, 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 the site to go to is, is conlang.org, C-O-N-L-A-N-G-D. Uh, dot org whatever you know you know how websites work anyway um, so there you can find a whole bunch of stuff um, and uh, yeah you know so in the olden days when you were ready to present your language what you would do is you would translate the Babel text uh, and the Babel text is the story in Genesis about 
building the Tower of Babel, and then, you know, what's-his-face coming to break it down and, and whatever. Uh, and, and I forget who started it, but we, we did it because, you know, it was language-related. Um, and then you'd show an interlinear, and that would just be everybody's way of seeing, oh, you've done it. Um, that tradition, though, is is completely died out. Like, I think new conlingers don't even know about it, uh, which is too bad. Um, so, I mean, now, I don't know, you, you kind of... There is no, there's like no standard way anymore. Everybody's doing different stuff. Um, I always like to think, um, if I, the way I like to do it is if I'm introducing a new language, I show something at the beginning that's, you don't need uh, to really know a lot about language to appreciate. So you can see, here's how it works in some context, you know. Mm-hmm. Here's a cool audio snippet of it. Here's here's what the orthography looks like uh, in a in a fancy script. And then after that, I just go section by section and go. Here's how the phonology works. Here's uh, nominal morphology. Here's verbal morphology. You know, people can kind of take a look at what they're interested in. Um, I think that's the best way to do it. Um, and that's that's kind of what I look for, I guess. Um, but no, we we need another we need another standard. Because, um, it's funny, I already gave you one thing that we used to do. Another thing that we used to do was we used to put a page up on um, langmaker.com. Uh, you don't have to go to that website because it's dead. Uh, but it used to be, yeah, it used to be the site for all language creators. Anywhere in the world, everybody knew langmaker.com. That was a place that everybody would go. And you could, there would be pages introducing people's languages. They would say, you know, what type of language it is. When it was started, who did it, how, uh, how big the vocabulary is, uh, um, a link to the, um, to the, uh, the, the oh, shit, I just said it, um, the Babel text, mm-hmm. and then um, some other typological facts about the language. Uh, we kind of have another one like that that's cals.conlang.org, uh, um, or cals.info, I think. Um, but it's a little bit more esoteric, so it's not as much for outsiders. So, yeah, it's an in-between phase. I have a feeling that the younger generation, the ones that are just starting out now, uh, they'll eventually form their own traditions and are going to, you know, decide how things are going to work from here on out. Because there are tons of them. Um, mm-hmm. it's, very, it's very exciting. Well, it has to be, yeah, you know, the internet makes everything infinite now, so... Are there different camps of conlangers, or is it just kind of everybody siloed off onto their their different social networks? There were, <clears throat> yeah, there were there were big factions, um, but now and they're still around, but it doesn't mean anything anymore um, because uh, I mean if you if you look at things like um, if if you think about any type of movement, whether it's you know fans of fans of a show, fans of uh, science fiction and fantasy, fans of music. Um, it's like it has a tradition so long as there's a group of people that are kind of there with it and then age with it. But if they don't bring new people in, it just kind, kind of dies. And that, I think, is what's happening with the older communities. Um, they're still there, uh, but there's not a lot of growth, at least not, they're not bringing in a lot of uh, super young people. So I think they're eventually just going to die. Um, and it'll be it'll be up to new people to decide what it, what it is because right now there isn't an alternative there's not like a young conlanger alternative it is just that they're setting themselves up 
on on Facebook or on Twitter or on Tumblr. And they're finding other people, but not necessarily forming communities, uh, I mm -hmm. guess. Because it's kind of like, uh, if you think about Tumblr, even for fans of a show, it's not like that's a community per se. I mean, there'll be uh, people that follow each other and people who reblog each other's stuff. But, you know, it's not as if there's any gatekeeper or anything that's keeping people in there or like they're not doing other things on Tumblr, mm -hmm. you know? So that's, that's, I think, what we're seeing now. Um, and I have no idea if there's if there's going to be a nice uh, way to even bring people together in the future. We'll see. Well, I think that your book is going to get a lot of people interested in it. I mean, it got me interested in it, even though I have absolutely no business or qualifications. <laughs> no, no, no. So. You're, you're good. I can tell by the sound of your voice. You're very good. <laughs> well, I mean, I had going back to, and we're going to loop it right back to Thrones. Um, sure. When we were doing... You know, initially when George is writing this book, we it's fantasy, but we all know it's kind of loosely based on War of the Roses. And then he also brings other um, cultures into it. And there were existing words in a lot of these languages that you developed. Mm -hmm. um, when you're building on that, I mean, you obviously have to build on the, build on the existing words. But do you also, because I know you do wrap culture into this as well. Do you take into account the cultures of not only what you're seeing here in the text, but where you know they're kind of being influenced by? Do you kind of try to wrap some of those language elements into the stuff you're creating? Or do you just kind of go with your gut and what it feels like in the text? Um, both, but uh, but yeah, I definitely look for... Um, I, I look for the original stuff, especially when it's culture that's very different from my own. Like with the Dothraki, for example, um, they are... You don't live like that? What? You don't live like that at all. Oh God! I, I, I somebody asked. I this. I think this was on my 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 recent Reddit AMA. Somebody asked me like how much money it would take to eat a horse's heart, and it's like, oh God, I like a, a raw all, all horse's the money. heart, oh, and it's like all the money. I know. It's like I I like seriously consider that if like somebody if like you know uh, Warren Buffett came down and say I will give you a billion dollars to do this, like I know I would say yes, but I don't know if I could finish it. <laughs> Um, cause it's like, I mean, I, I would try and I would <laughs> mentally understand exactly what that money would mean, but I mean, my throat doesn't care. <laughs> it's just, I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And Jesus, like, I mean, I don't know, like what you were imagining, like when you're reading the books and everything, it's like, you know, yeah, she's eating the horse's heart, whatever. See how big that goddamn thing was on the show? <laughs> yeah. No, I was just thinking gag. I mean, gag. The, the and, and, and with me, my stomach is so weak that it's like, literally, if I were cast as Daenerys and had to do that, I couldn't do it. I know that whatever she was eating probably tasted good. And I don't was, think it did. No, it did not. It was like some no, sort of giant heart thing. But... Yeah, it was a gelatinous mass that just kind of got <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> like... I couldn't do that. Like, I would probably, I would probably quit. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those things where I look at it and I'm like, yeah, that's, this is why, this is why I didn't pursue acting. <laughs> oh. Oh. Just, but yeah, you were saying, oh, yeah. you were saying about all the right, culture. All right, all right, so yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I looked that stuff up because it, you know, uh, it tells you a lot about how. Uh, people live their lives, um, the types of words that they have, 
you know, the types of things they have words for. Um, and also, uh, personal contacts are really, really helpful. Like, uh, just randomly, I had a, a very good friend um, who went and lived in Mongolia for three years in the Peace Corps. Um, and, very cool. Yeah, and so I learned a lot about what uh, modern Mongolian life is like. Which is, uh, you know, uh, there and obviously there are a lot of traditions that have been carried over. So, like one of the things that that happened was he was telling me about, um, you know, when you're living in uh, in a gur, um, you have, of course, in the center there's a hole, and there's a fire in the center. Um, and uh, you know, when he first got there, being the American he was, he was a little squeamish as as people offered to give him, you know, a pile of um, animal uh chips you know dung um oh boy but uh the colder it gets um the more he was willing to just pick (laughs) the less you care yeah you (laughs) literally pick that shit up with his bare hands Um, oh nice and um because i guess um uh, that uh that that cow dung it's kind of like a you know like a a little uh a little (laughs) nitro you just oh you toss it in. Well, it is methane. It's methane. Yeah. So you're just kind of like you toss it in there. And it gets and it gets uh, the temperature goes up pretty quick for a little bit. So it's uh, a nice little burst. Uh, in addition to the long burning logs. Um, anyway, so in addition to this, though, I learned that Mongolian has two different words for animal dung, um, depending on whether it's dry or whether it's soft. Um, and it makes sense that they do, since they interact with it very differently. Um, that's right, the useful kind and the not so useful kind. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and so it's like that's not something that I would have ever thought of. Um, and so you know, just got uh, it got borrowed right in. So so yeah, now Dothraki has two words for it, and it's like that's something I never would have known, just on my own. It's something that I only learned through study. Um, wait a minute, study? No, like you know, through a personal contact, whatever <laughs> research. Yeah, it works. It works. Look, it works. I got distracted because uh, my my. <laughs> My wife is home, and that means the baby is home. Yay! Hi, baby. Yeah, we'll see how uh, how much what kind of mood she's in when she comes in. <laughs> yeah, she's um, a she's a sweet little thing until she starts screaming. Oh. <laughs> and it doesn't get better at sixteen. <laughs> Listen, at sixteen, you mark my words. This is going to be in a podcast and on the internet forever, so I will remember it. At sixteen. The two of us, my daughter and I, will be going to metal shows together. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Nice. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I actually know somebody who does that. She goes, like, her kid goes to concerts only with her. And they, they're they going to metal shows, like, every week. Nice. I'm like, you are the best mom ever. I love it. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and no matter how, like, embarrassing, you know, dad-ish, you know, what kind of dad like person i am i can always say hey 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 i worked on i worked on game of thrones remember that remember that she'll be like, be dad, like dad god nobody cares about game of thrones she'll be like the winds of winter is still not coming out oh jesus i only watch low. the descendants of westeros and the cw <laughs> oh that's mean <laughs> Oh, watch that? Jesus. I would watch it. <laughs> Is it a musical? God, it, it's going to take place in a modern high school. Well, if the other... Oh, my God. Is, yeah. 
Look, I finally stopped watching High School Musical, but that's because I can't stop listening to Hamilton instead. Mm. <laughs> oh, Hamilton. The show I've never seen. Have you guys seen it? Because, you, you know, you, you live in New York. Please. I, no. I found the lottery a lot and I keep losing it. Oh. Yeah. Just listen to the soundtrack. Like, you can just, you know, picture it in your head. <laughs> that's basically how everybody is going to be watching that show. <laughs> yeah, my little sister that's is it. big into it right now. As is my wife. Um, I'll eventually listen to the whole thing. I'll get there. It's good. It's good. It's fantastic. Do we want to talk about the trailer or are we going to do that ourselves? I watched it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts? Any thoughts? <laughs> I mean, it, it, that was that's the show I work on, all right? <laughs> um, let's see. Hold on a sec. First of all, let's let's discuss this. Was this was this version of Wicked Games created specifically for the trailer? Did it exist beforehand? It's kind of dreadful. <laughs> Yeah, I when I heard I was I thought it was a weird choice. Honestly. I know well, when I was uh okay, so uh, when when I was uh, when I first heard about it and I heard that there was a version, you know, Wicked Games on it. I was imagining the, you know, the the album version. So I thought, well, that's a kind of a weird thing, kind of a David Lynch thing um to do for Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, but I thought, all right, I'll roll with it. And then this version, I don't know. I would have preferred the the old, you know, the original version. I keep hearing covers of that song, like they come up on Spotify a lot. So it was just kind of yeah. when it happened, I was like, "Oh, this is like a popular song to to record and put over commercials." I don't know. Yeah. That's why I didn't. It's that's so why terrible. I was so mad about it because I feel like I've heard it everywhere else. Yeah, that's disappointing. But... I uh, I really liked uh, <laughs> I really liked that that bit at the end though. I I just love the Onion Knight. Yeah, oh, God. I know. And he was in the trailer a lot, so I was really excited about that. Yeah, you know, I, I've come a long way from the first season where I thought him and Stannis, the actors, should have switched, um, just based on what I was imagining in my head reading the books. Um, he's uh, he's won me over. Well, they both won me over. Uh, in fact. As to their characterization, like how they interpreted, yeah. 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 And God, he's just so good. Um, wouldn't it be wonderful to see him sitting on the Iron Throne at the end? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I would be okay with that. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I loved his line at the end where he was like, look, I'm not really good at this, so I apologize in advance. I'm like, ah, that, that's everyone. Let, let me just pick up this sword. I'm, I, hopefully I poke somebody with it. It's Valyrian steel. It'll work fine. <laughs> yeah, but if he doesn't aim it at the right place. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you just, you just stick him with a pointy end. Exactly. Oh, oh. Jon Snow will wake oh. up, tell him that advice, and then go back to sleep. <laughs> well, I love how heartbroken Mel was when she was going on about everything I knew was wrong, and then she was less heartbroken when she was flashing her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's got to use all the tools at her disposal, okay? Because she's mm. she's in yeah, a bad her, spot right her now. Her tools are her leeches and lefty and righty. Oh <laughs> Jesus, man! Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great though? Season seven, like there's not even a, a teaser trailer or anything for it. There's nothing for it. Nobody hears anything, and then like episode one, it's taking place in the year like you know thirty three forty seven. And it's you know, on a spaceship. Jon Snow on the on the roof in, in you know of some fantastic city in the rain, trying to come to terms with the fact that he is a replicant. <laughs> <laughs> oh I support God. this. He's, 
Yeah. These memories not my own. So on. Hey, I'm so I'll support any any kind of overt evidence that technology or fashion or art will change in Westeros <laughs> <Right>. over time. <laughs> well, it's so bizarre. We every I mean, most people have been with this series for like twenty years now, and it's just everything is the same. It's He'll still same. be wearing the hair cloak, <laughs> right. and and we'll still be waiting for winds of work, uh, winter. I can't even talk it anymore. <laughs> so and then, of course, a dream of spring. <laughs> sure, it is a dream. It is a dream. Um, then, um, I, I have an issue with the fact that Euron does not have an eye patch. And I don't understand what they have against people with one eye on this show. Because he's not really Euron, he's Eurontarian. He'll <laughs> <laughs> um, be happy if he has a monkey instead of an eye patch. If he had a monkey then, instead of an eye patch, I'd be fine, but I don't think he has a monkey. <laughs> I want the monkey to wear the eye patch, and then everybody will be happy. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and foreshadow uh, the the panel, the Comic Con panel oh uh, this summer. Uh, Somebody is going to come up with this question. So I thought that Euron Greyjoy was supposed to have an eye bat, an eye patch, and then uh, David Benioff will say, "Guess what? Euron." <laughs> oh <laughs> Jesus! God. Thank you. The accuracy. Thank you. <laughs> I'm doing the clap emoji in my head. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, he doesn't have his eye patch. Blood Raven doesn't have one eye. I'm just these are things that upset me. It'd be really, <laughs> it'd be really neat though to see uh, not just him but more people with monkeys on their shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> nope, there are no pets in Westeros. You know, there's there's direwolves, but we never see them. We see yeah. a possibly dead. That's ghost. in the books. That's in the books too. Like I, I mean, cats. I mean, in the books, you're you're introduced to like, oh, here are these here are these dire world puppies, and you get really excited for it. And then like most of the book is about how they're not there. You know? <laughs> it's like it, it's like it was too expensive to to write in dog <laughs> characters. <laughs> they only have so much budget for those books. I never thought of it, but yeah, it's like my wolf was not there. Well, no shit. Yeah. Disappointed. Shit. Now I'm not going to be able to unsee that. God damn it. But anyway, speaking of Euron, we did get to see him on a bridge, and that means that Balin Greyjoy will hopefully actually die. So I'm excited for that. that if nothing else happens this season, Balin Greyjoy will die. Balon Greyjoy will die when Gendry stops rowing. Still. Still. Gendry is, is, is Euron. He's coming back. Still wrong. No, well, I, you know, I, I'm actually excited for all whatever this clash that's coming between uh, I guess the Tyrells and and The Faith Militant. The, the Faith Milit I guess they're the Faith Militant, yeah. Them. I, <laughs> I'm excited. They're fighting yeah. uphill on horses on stairs. I'm like, how yeah, do that the looks fun. get there? I wanna know. I just really want a trial by seven. I just can we make that happen? I wanna see one. <laughs> I, I'm gonna need the season to immediately open on the Tower of Joy. I don't think I could survive the wait for it otherwise. I really feel like you need to. I think that the Tower of Joy is gonna be very like subdued. Like it's gonna be like all the things around the Tower it's of Joy, be but never inside. Disappointing because there's only six people <laughs> instead of seven, and the guy's in Targaryen armor, and he's got two swords, and I don't know why. And I, I wouldn't worry about that's that. That's like that's where the show gets like it's kind of gleeful. Like happy is when it's like, oh, you book fans, you want this? <laughs> no, 
We're going to do this instead. <laughs> Sucks for you. <laughs> Sucks for you guys, but you watch it anyway because you love it. <laughs> exactly. God damn it. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's true. If only there were monkeys. Bizarre, <laughs> bizarre twist where uh, Brian ends up in Essos and ends up overthrowing the establishment of a city and becomes Brian of Karth. Oh, God. <laughs> I'd probably be there for that, actually. Yeah, I've got, I've got nothing but puns when it comes to Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, God. You know, we'll know that you tipped us off when. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is there, yeah. is there anything else you want to plug while you're here? Any new uh, projects that you can talk about? <laughs> I guess I should. Um, yeah, like I'm working on a show called... Uh, Emerald City, yes, yeah. So Emerald Emerald City is coming out on NBC. Uh, I imagine sometime this fall, though the date hasn't been set. They're still shooting, um, and I know because I get every piece of correspondence from the show, which is really fun because it, a lot of it shoots in Hungary, and so I get a lot of the travel memos <laughs> and like uh, safety memos that are all in Hungarian. It's amazing. <laughs> nice. Do you look, speak Hungarian? It looks like they. Uh, well, I know a lot about it, but it, I swear it's like when you look at Hungarian, it's like somebody just took a keyboard and put it in a blender and then just <laughs> threw it all over the screen. It's great. Um, so here is, I mean, you know, uh, I, I was a big fan of the Oz books as a kid, but um, I this is my pitch for Emerald City. It's going to be a 10 episode first season, and every single one of those episodes is going to be directed by Tarsem Singh. Oh, wow. If you don't know who that is, Tarsim Singh is the guy that did The Cell and The Fall. So it's, oh. you're saying it's really pretty. <laughs> I hope so. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I, I'll, I'll say that. I haven't seen anything. But I think that there is a chance it could be absolutely stunning. And so I am really, really excited for it for that reason. Um so anyway, that's a show I'm working on, uh, movies I don't think I can talk about, just because I don't want to get in trouble. Like, they probably don't care, but you know, I just don't want to get <laughs> in trouble. Better Let's not get you in trouble. Yeah. And, um, but I, I will say that um, I, uh, something I am excited about, it's coming up at some point in time, uh, we've finished filming uh, principal photography, is um, I am an executive producer on a new documentary about language creators and language oh, cool. creation in general. Excellent. Yeah, it's in uh, the uh, the full set of executive producers is me and uh, Paul Fromer, who created the language for Avatar, uh, Mark Okrand, who created Klingon, uh, David Sallow, who did the uh, t- uh, Tolkien's languages in the Lord of the Rings movies, and um, and uh, Christine. Oh, shit, I'm going to mispronounce her name. It's just going to hate me. Is it Schreier or Schreier? I think it's Schreier. I think it's Schreier. We had a discussion about this, and it was, and I made much of the fact that it was one pronunciation over the other, but I can't remember which one. It's the right one, but anyway. Um, you won't tell her. Don't worry. She did, uh, she, she did a language for um, the Superman movie, the recent one, which was called Man of Steel. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then there's um, the 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 director and the Britton Watkins and, and Josh uh, Feldman. Cool. Um, but uh, anyway, so um, we are excited about that. I am excited because I was you know there for most of the interviews. I saw a lot of. I saw. I've seen all the footage, and um, 
we really do get to showcase people who do this, you know, do this because they love it. So I'm excited about that. That sounds really cool. That sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. And um, I don't know, I'm going to be at a bunch of stuff coming up. Like, I'll be at Comic-Con in some capacity. Yay! Um, I mean, San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know if I'm going to be back to New York. We'll see how it goes. Um, but uh, you never know. Um, and, um, yeah. I don't know. I think that's it. There's probably <laughs> something I'm missing. Um, Where can we not... find you online? You can find me pretty much everywhere that, that you find my handle, which is Daedalus, D-E-D-A-L-V-S. So I'm at Daedalus on Twitter. I'm Daedalus.tumblr.com. And my main website is artoflanguageinvention.com. I also have a YouTube channel that I am going to start up again. I took hiatus off from my daughter, but I'm, and I'm introducing my wife to this information for the first time. I'm going to attempt... <laughs> Aaron. It's true. I'm I'm going to attempt to start recording shows at night after Aaron and the baby have gone to sleep. Good luck. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. I, but see, I was doing it while Aaron was out at work, and there was no baby. Now things are different. So you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> anyway awesome so, yeah. well you should also pick up the art of language invention which is david's book that we've oh been yeah talking about this whole <laughs> yes <time>. absolutely <laughs> and watch- despite that i'm sorry i forgot <laughs> <laughs> and you know make sure you go to page what a page 209 and then you can find me on twitter and we can talk about how angry we are about that page. also 248 <laughs> 248 that apparently also gave us a little bit of problems. Well, that, that has more of that, <laughs> that writing system. <laughs> thank you for talking to us. This was really, really great. This was awesome. Mm, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm super delighted to be here. I will be here at any point in time to discuss my many nefarious plans. <laughs> Excellent. And actually, we, we have a little plug. We have an event coming up. Uh, yes, we do. On April 1st, Rachel, you want to take it away? On April 1st, we are doing the moot anniversary, which is the five-year anniversary of the original fan moot in New York City that Winter Phil threw. Uh, this is where we all met, so we decided we were going to honor that. So we partnered with Watchers on the Wall, and we're going to do a big fan meetup at Brass Monkey. Um, you can look at our Tumblr for more information. Everybody come. Yay. come. If you're in New York, you should come. And it's not an April Fool's joke. People on the internet think it's an April Fool's joke. No, not it's an April It's a really Fool's elaborate, joke. dumb April Fool's joke to make you go to Brass Monkey and I'm have here. fun. We're going to make you go to joke. a bar. So, yeah. Nobody's going to show up. Nobody's going to show up. Yeah. So April 1st. The joke will be on us then. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be drinking. It's fine. Yeah, yes. We'll keep all the stuff. It's fine. Uh, April 1st, 630, Brass Monkey, New York City. Check it out. And to, to take us off, we always do a toast to Jon Snow. So I think that we should do that in, I think we should do it in High Valyrian. All oh, right. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Okay. <laughs> Just because it's harder. <laughs> yeah, you should. How do you pronounce that? 
Okay, a nice rolling R for the first sound. I'm sorry to tell you, rolling R's are easy. The next vowel is, it's just like E, but you round your lips. E, so it's Ritzas. 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 Ritzas, yo no sonaro. Ritzas, yo no sonaro. I did it! That's, it was uh, me, I did it. And I'm the one that doesn't like Jon Snow. There you <laughs> go. You love Jon Snow, shut up. <laughs> yeah, you're like oh, a closet man. Jon Snow fan, so shut up. Well, oh, thank God. you very much for thank you talking very to much. us. Thank David, you're you welcome me. back anytime. Hooray! Yay! Yay. Okay. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. And so he broke that sacred oath that Lord of the crossing and now the pie crusts cover his skin and they're so good to eat yes now the pie crusts cover his skin revenge it tastes so sweet Yeah. Damn. Okay. He brought sexy back. He did. <laughs> it's, it's the hair. Yeah, he has good hair. See? You, wait, wait. Who would you ma- mate his hair with? Mm, oh, gosh. Now, that's actually a really good question that I've given some thought to. So, um, okay. Here was my here was my initial reaction. Um, it was Dario Naharis from season three, the original Dario. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. Yeah. His hair was amazing.